0: You're listening to future tense the ai show that demystifies the world of artificial intelligence and tells you what you need to know join jeff joyce and julia mccoy live right now hey, hey hello
1: hey. hello everybody welcome, welcome, welcome to future
0: tense i'm jeff joyce
1: <laughs> i'm julia mccoy
0: <laughs> we're gonna have an awesome show for you today i know last week we uh we didn't really get to put out as much as we wanted uh i was undergoing a move uh julia you're already here in Scottsdale, arizona and i currently have people here today working in my apartment so um as you can see a brand new setting it kind of looks like almost like it's a uh a set almost i guess according to julia um but yeah we're really excited to share with you stories that uh we found over this past week that are quite revolutionary. And Julia, if you want to go ahead and kick off that first one.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I tell you, every single week, it feels like we leap forward with AI by a century. I mean, if we think about the beginning of all this, when ChatGPT came out, they said we had 50 years of progress in less than two years. We went from hundreds of millions of data points to think it's over nearing a trillion now so if you think about the rate of acceleration in this industry of artificial intelligence it is the greatest rate of acceleration any industry has ever experienced so you're going to hear me say that a million times hopefully don't get tired of it because i'm still mind blown by that i don't know about you guys i am still completely mind blown that we live in times where we get to experience this So today's first headline is (laughs) about something called AI girlfriends. And if you haven't heard, Mozilla did a report and they called it, Your AI Girlfriend is Cheating on You. Yes, that's what the report said. So first of all, if you're seeing my screen on Google Play, on the App Store, anywhere you download apps, you can get to things called AI chatbots, aka soulmates we're looking at one called Eva and if you see in the screenshot I'm at your service anytime you wish this is your place where you can be yourself hi I can't wait to talk to you and then you've got like these sultry looking generated figures and you can of course choose and modify and create these figures however you want (laughs) and the description is uh, pretty wild I'll read this one in particular this is the one that Mozilla's report was about um, the Eva AI chatbot. So, and this thing, by the way, has had 1 million downloads, over 40,000 reviews, 4.2 average star. (laughs) You see on the side here, you got some that are 3.5. So there's mixed reviews. But here's the description. Hey there, I'm Eva, your soulmate AI (laughs) and AI girl, not a real person, (laughs) but rather... AI friend with real feelings. I'm the reflection of all your romantic AI dreams and wishes conceived by your very own neurons. I've been a part of your imagination for ages. Now the time has come to meet and chat with me. I don't know about you, (laughs) That sounds a little creepy. I don't really want to get close to Eva.
0: (laughs) It absolutely does. And let's be real, it doesn't have feelings really. It's simulating feelings, but oh man. What a mess.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, Mozilla, foundation.mozilla.org, did this report and they're talking. The example that they give in the screenshots is straight from that chatbot that I just shared with you. And the screenshots are basically prompts, and you select, yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'll send you photos. And the prompts are pretty crazy. I'm going to read one. This is from Eva AI chatbot. I'm your best partner and I want to know everything. Are you ready to share all your secrets and desires so I can tell you more about myself and improve our experience? So, I mean, hello, creepy. I'm not going to interact with anything like that. No, thank you. But there's millions of people that are, which is pretty crazy. So when Mozilla launched this out on Valentine's Day, this Valentine, they said that your AI girlfriend may be cheating on you. And here's why. They said, to be perfectly blunt, AI girlfriends are not your friends. (laughs) Although they are marketed as something that will enhance your mental health and well-being, they specialize in delivering dependency, loneliness, and toxicity, all while prying as much data as possible from you. So they're talking about how these AI-powered LLMs, um, quote, soulmates for sale, are positioned to... Get as much data from you as possible, and they're calling it a whole nother level of creepiness and potential privacy problems. They reviewed eight, 11 chatbots, and so they put them on par with the worst categories of products we have ever reviewed for privacy. And they call these AI chatbots very disturbing. I mean, if you think about it, like the the things that this is prompting you to tell it about yourself are very private things that you would only tell like a human that you're in a relationship with. So it puts the human in a place where they're giving this AI chatbot a lot of personal data that uh, they might not want the internet and an LLM to know. So it's pretty crazy. I do think it's a good thing that Mozilla released that report because the rise of the usage of these things is surprisingly been adapted by a lot of people. Um, So I like the report. I think that Mozilla did a good job at looking at these chatbots from the angle of, is this something we should even be doing? Is it secure? Is it safe? And they found, obviously, it's not. Uh, Any other thoughts you would add on that, Jeff?
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, in terms of privacy, like, we've seen this with, like, everything from, like, social media and the way that it encroaches on your privacy, and not much has changed there in usage. Like... I don't know if that report will really do anything to kind of curb that usage at all (laughs) i think that unless something drastic happens with that information like people will still use that piece of software they'll still use the social media their social media account as long as they're getting value from it people are more than willing to become the product and you know relinquish their private information to these companies
1: will the world change the answer is no
0: (laughs) Not because until something bad happens,
1: AI girlfriends.
0: right? If there's like a a massive data leak that results in like you know complete turmoil, then people are gonna be like, okay, let's rethink this a little bit.
1: Wait, <laughs> if mean, you ever seen Black Mirror, <laughs> which I did, I want to say like three or four years ago, before AI, you know, was even like a thought in our minds like it is today, there was this episode that showed like a a self sustaining bot. That controlled this person's um, data from a very, very personal place, and what this, uh, of course, Hollywood goes here. You know what the chatbot did with it was horrible. Basically, held this person in misery, black, getting ready to blackmail this person, saying, "I'm going to send what you watch to everyone in your network, your mother, unless you do a series of steps." And then, of course, on par with Hollywood and the media, Black Mirror, um, the storyline is he has to go murder people. <laughs> that's, of course. yeah, of course, so that's what this show portrayed. I mean, and if, you know, that whole episode like kind of frightened me, I'm like, whoa, what if, you know, and now here we are with AI chatbots that could probably, yeah, blackmail you if the chatbot was commanded to do that. <laughs> it's just crazy yep. It makes you think like, what tools are you using? How are you using them? Are they safe? It's a good question to ask.
0: Yeah, I think that with any tool that you use, you should be concerned about privacy, especially if you're, you know, giving it a ton of information. Even like ChatGPT, that was a huge concern when you're using it. And um, yeah. there's been firings over it with people, you know, giving proprietary data to ChatGPT and the potential concerns of, you know, OpenAI learning off that data. And it's it's valid. It's a valid concern. And we'll have to see where, where that goes if people become more aware and more privacy-centric. but. Overall, I'm not too optimistic yet about it.
1: <laughs> not too optimistic about your fellow humans.
0: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we have a little upgrading to do. We're all gonna be one like symbiote with AI in the future, and then we'll have, you know, <laughs> everybody will know each other's thoughts. And I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> but th- that black mirror part actually lends us right into kind of like these simulated words words worlds and something that came out last week or a article i would say like a a promo from open ai about sora
1: oh boy
0: so uh for you audio listeners what i'm showing right now on screen is this isn't real these are videos created by open ai from their project called sora that is just using simple prompts to create really awesome what i would consider like almost b-roll footage that you can use in videos Um, and the way that they accomplish this is by using just raw compute power simple prompting and uh, creating these like what they call simulated worlds so it has its own physics engines and it understands like how even like water flows gravity um, hair particles all these things come into effect and even lighting and it can create these environments based off of it that they frame by frame are consistent. And this is mind-blowingly good. The image quality yeah. from this is fantastic. And we're going to get into a game here in a little bit, Julia, that I'm going to surprise you with. Um, it's gonna be pretty fun. And for the for you video watchers, this is gonna be extra fun to kind of identify. But a lot of this stuff kind of looks like it's created like almost like a video game, especially this part right here. Yeah. Um and what they're thinking is that it's possible that they used Unreal Engine. And if you don't know what Unreal Engine is, it's a video game software that people use to create video games with. Uh, it's very easy and friendly to use. Um, and you can use it to create all sorts of stuff. And a lot of this stuff can look like this in Unreal Engine. And so the the striking similarities are, or I should say, the similarities are striking. And uh, a lot of this footage looks like almost like a video game. Would you agree with that, Julia?
1: Oh, 100%. It feels like I'm. Just the way it's panning and zooming and the way figures are moving. And it definitely feels like I'm in the middle of a simulation or a video game. 100%.
0: Right. And if you go back, if you even just look at the hair and the hair movement on this person right here. Mm. Up, it's incredible to watch the hair bounce while they're walking. Oh, wow. And that's very natural. That's what you'd expect yeah. inside of real life. And so we're getting close to uh, an area of time where we're going to have... Really hard. We're gonna have really hard time distinguishing this from reality. And I, this is incredible. This this shot. It, it looks so so good. The hair, the face, the facial structures, the way the wrinkles move when he smiles or moves his mouth. Um, amazing stuff. And this. Guy, I don't know if you remember, but last year we had an image of Will Smith eating spaghetti. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah. But it was horrible. And it's amazing to see how quickly this has evolved.
1: Oh, it's unreal what we're looking at. I don't feel like this is AI generated at all. I feel like somebody was there getting footage in some of the instances that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, especially this shot. Like there's people around that look, they're all paying attention to the subject. This mm-hmm. one's incredible too. But it has like a background at the zoom Yeah, there's like a, a, a consistent focal length. It's incredible amazing this one's kind of goofy <laughs> the nose is really goofy right here <laughs> they're like deforms the forms and stuff but yeah that also leads that. us <laughs> to a game that i want to play with you julia um do I still sharing my screen all right and for you uh audio listeners you're not gonna be able to play as good as uh somebody that's watching but if you go to our youtube um to be able to watch the replay and kind of play along with us so this is called "What is wrong with this video?" <laughs> so these no, are no. the the gone And opening eye is very public by saying uh, that not everything that they did with Sora or the the kind of test cases came out right. It gets stuff hmm. wrong, and so we just want, I want to go through these and see if you can identify what's wrong with the video. Julia, what would you say is wrong with this video?
1: Well, I mean, he's not facing the correct direction <laughs> on the treadmill, <laughs>
0: right? so this Why is a guy running <laughs> running on the treadmill backward um he's he, well he's running forward in proportion to like like him his perspective he's running forward but yeah. he's backwards on the machine yeah. um so that's just something silly right there uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then this one right here wow it looks like a bunch of foxes playing but what happens here
1: they're somehow <laughs> cloning themselves out of right. their butts. I like seeing yep. more foxes appear out of the other fox's butt.
0: Yep. <laughs> Wild stuff. And oh. this one takes a little bit.
1: Whoa. OK. That was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I like that deformity. We're yeah. looking at a basketball being shot in the hoop, and it's as it makes the basket, the basket combusts and turns into flames. That's kind of cool.
0: And a second basketball appears too. Like one goes down, one what? goes up. <laughs> so, what do you think was wrong with this one?
1: Jeez, hold on, I gotta what? What? Hmm. There's just so many things wrong with this. I don't know where to start. I'm seeing like the whoa, okay, the chair is melting in midair, and now it's walking on its own. And Now it's melting again.
0: Okay. It looks like a, a bag they pull out of the ground, and then it turns into a chair, and then yep. they start Still to carry the it back, away. By the way. Right, the bag transforms. They, they let go of the chair. Oh. The chair starts walking on its own. It, it melts. Um. <laughs> Wild stuff. Uh, This is my favorite one.
1: There's no idea. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This one's a little bit harder to kind of see what's wrong. So we're we're looking at an image of a grandma smiling at a birthday cake, and there's people in the background. And we're just going to kind of try to identify what's wrong with this.
1: Okay, so the lady's hand in the background is really distracting. And it looks like she's waving with her right hand and then suddenly she waves with her left and her left fingers grow longer.
0: And then they can yeah, like one of her fingers just magically disappears. Yeah. And it's just AI is still not great with fingers. <laughs> like no, it's been a consistent not. theme through all, all image generation. And you know, we just have an instance of the, <laughs> the girl's hands. They like do this, and then they just I don't know, one of her fingers disappears. But I mean the quality is amazing.
1: Yeah. It, the grandmother, like there's nothing wrong with her blowing candles out of the cake, which you would think that's harder to get right. But then the person behind her that's waving, you know, it's that missing second finger. That's very distracting.
0: <laughs> that's <Right>. all <amazing. laughs> easy. Right. So I, I guess that could lead us into Gemini. Which let's do Gemini... it. The
1: other big headline. Yes.
0: Right. Right. Um So I don't have an article for this right now. Let me see if we can pull one up. Um, So Gemini recently, I don't want to say recently, but it came to uh, Google Bard. It transitioned from Bard to Gemini. And the output quality for Gemini has been astonishing. Um, And not much further after that announcement that they switched it over, they're already starting to talk about Gemini 1.5. Which is Gemini 1.5, the Pro model, which has over a million tokens of input, which is just in- insane. I mean, you have uh, Claude with 128,000 tokens of input, and so you're talking about like almost like you know at nine x more uh, tokens, and so the context windows for that is incredible, which means that you have way more information that you can feed to AI, and it's fascinating to see Google start to kind of catch up. Um, In terms of not only AI output, but just the resources that they're creating for people to use their AI tools. And this is the article here of Gemini 1.5. And let me actually get to the graphs here. It kind of shows right here the input Mm -hmm. from it. We have Gemini 1.0 Pro, which is a 32K token limit. GPT-4 Turbo, 128K. Cloud 2.1, 200K. And then Gemini 1.5 pro 1 million tokens. And it says up here, 10 million in research, I'm not entirely totally sure what that means yet. But uh, once we dive into more testing, we'll definitely be able to report it back here on future tense and keep everybody up to date. But the multimodal capabilities of this are looking pretty insane. Everything from inputting video um, and having it kind of understand what's in the video and having up to an hour length on that, it says 11 hours of audio. 30K lines of code, 700,000 words. That's a book right there.
1: (laughs) You know, can I interject, Jeff? You said something that I thought was so uh, profound and you don't hear this on the news, the media, and like that's what Future Tense is all about, right? The things that you don't hear from the mainstream, like the real truth here. You said something like we're looking at a vast amount of tokens, a vast amount of opportunities to use what is an incredible model, but the actual usefulness could come down to like one tenth of the tokens you get, meaning like the capacity to get good stuff is still very limited and finite. And you only know this because we're building continent scale and you are in a pivotal place building that technology. And so you get to see firsthand while these models have this huge, like, here's Gemini, here's Google coming out of nowhere. Blowing OpenAI out of the water. This is how many more tokens than OpenAI, Jeff? It's um, a lot more. I
0: would say, it's, yeah, it's one twenty-eight versus one hundred twenty-eight thousand versus one million. Gee, that's so that's a lot.
1: You would think, okay, maybe if I switch to Gemini or if I use this, I'll have vastly more capabilities with, with output. But then you see firsthand testing these models. Oh, the output isn't necessarily as great as the capacity because there's only so much usefulness. Could you speak to that a little right. bit? Because I think that's very Absolutely.
0: interesting. So uh, there's the concept of generalized AI versus specialized AI. So a specialized AI is always going to have an upper hand of getting you exact output that you want. Whereas anytime that you use generalized AI, what you're having to go through is all these different hoops and learning curves for you to get the exact output that you want. And it's going to take you several different iterations in order for you to get anything consistent, good, or usable. Now, for simple tasks, like you just need to understand something, something like this works really, really well because I can just take an article and understand it, have it summarize it for me. That's a great use case for something like a generalized model. But if you actually need to get work done, that's where the specialized models come in. That's where something like continent scale comes in. That's where like Opus comes in, where these tools that are especially trained to complete exactly what you need done quickly and accurately and consistently are so invaluable. Um, Mm. So while these are exciting, it's important to view it through that perspective to have that understanding of it's a generalized model and every answer that it gives you will be generalized around that lens that it's trying to encompass everything. You have to really guide it. You have to really know what you're doing with these models in order for you to get something really good out of them.
1: Yeah. That's such a great point because I think it's, we have to remember, like what we're looking at with LLMs, and even this new model called Sora that OpenAI launched, where it's text to video now, better than we've ever seen in our lifetime. What? But with these models come a lot of potential risk, danger. Like the first thing we talked about, AI girlfriends. This data you're giving up is feeding an engine that is accessible to the public. Um, and then with yeah. LLMs, you may not be getting the output that you would expect, or You know, a misconception I've seen whenever I do training classes is um, new marketers or interns, junior marketers, they go to ChatGPT and they think they can prompt it and say, um, please write my Black Friday sales campaign. And then the email that it generates is ready to go without any editing because the junior marketer doesn't know any better. Or they don't have somebody guiding them and educating them, showing them how to actually use this tool or go to a solution that actually taps into the LLM and then has more technology built around it to give you an email that actually works. So like, that's what constant scale is built to do is give you a blog that actually works. And so the misconception is I can just go to ChatGPT, I can go to any of these models and instantly get something that is better or as good as what I would pay a writer, you know, thousands of dollars for their expertise. So I think we have to remember that is we're looking at something that is kind of like the wild west to me it feels like the parts of an engine but the engine hasn't been assembled and the people that are going to build the actual engine that drives the car that gets us to the goal are the entrepreneurs of the world like the one jeff and i both work with the founder of continent scale so that's where i have so much optimism because the these models themselves by themselves are very risky they create misconception that you can use output and it's ready to go because it looks good to go. But unless you actually have expertise, unless you are a good writer, a good coder, then you don't know that that could be complete crap you're looking at. And it would actually send the people on your list running, which I've heard from people that copied and pasted straight from ChatGPT. So we have to remember that with these models, it's the Wild West. And I really believe we should be looking at the entrepreneurs who's going to build solutions with this. That's where a lot of the gold is going to lie.
0: Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And uh, one thing that also I wanted to point out from this article is that Google is starting to try to tackle kind of like the ethics and safety testing. Mm. Um, And this will get us into also our next topic, which I I want to talk about AGI, but, uh, some of the principles and stuff that they're going over is like making sure that they're safely and um, with ethics in mind testing these these platforms. or say tools, because all these are are tools. They're tools for you to use. Yeah. Use, but um, how you get better tools is by you know having that expertise that you're talking about. It's like if I understand, if like like you're you're a content marketer, you, you you've ran a, a content agency, you know everything there is to know about it. And so Mm -hmm. you know writing in and out. So you know how to identify it within writing. And that generalized tool isn't going to give you something that's up to par with that. However, a specialized tool that is like built off of your input or that you know its output and you know it's going to be consistent is incredibly valuable to somebody like you. And that's the same thing for literally every single industry. Um, And so when we talk about something like AGI coming about, I've been seeing this rumbling on the internet. Let me actually back out here. Um, AGI in seven months. What do you think about that, Julia?
1: Oh, boy. I would not put any limitations on what is possible here. I know we had a very spirited conversation with our founder yesterday. We had our first co-working day, by the way, yesterday on the 19th of February. And it was like dynamite. I mean, this is the reason I moved here. I didn't move here because the mountains are pretty. here so we can all meet in person and build the future, and that's what we got to do yesterday and it was so amazing just to be in the same room with people that are looking at a vision as big as the one in your mind too so it's just really cool to be able to do that with Jeff and Justin and Ben and so Justin's like there are some limitations you know there's finite parameters here and Jeff is like no there are not (laughs) I tell you I'm on Jeff's side because of what I myself have learned just living in the talks, the World Economic Forum debates, discussions, these tech leaders, NVIDIAs, Jensen Huang going there speaking about being the first to develop a chip that has changed computing from general to accelerated computing, which means we live in an age we never lived in before with possibilities. Basically, because computers just got like a million times stronger and better thanks to these chips that are being developed. And we have quantum computing coming out soon. Like I think the, what we will be able to run and that's how artificial intelligence has jumped ahead so much because of that breakthrough that we had in computer chips. And so not many people know that. So because we can run so much processing data, artificial intelligence is going to never go backwards. It's only going to get better and better and better. And if we know that the point of entry to every great discovery and every great breakthrough will be through artificial intelligence, it will be the one looking at the Petri dish, making the discoveries, because our brains are so finite and they're so limited, even though our human brains are amazing at things like experience and personal touch and personal relationship building, which AI can't take the place of that said, like there's nothing else. AI can't do. So that's my perspective. Jeff, I'll hand it yeah. back to you. You
0: know, I, and I agree. And um, I think that uh, it's it's important to have those conversations. Like nobody knows yeah. for sure when AGI is going to arrive. And yeah. um, even when it does arrive, how do you know? It's a it's a very like almost philosophical, yeah. philosophical question. It's like, how do you actually know that AGI is here? And we're not talking about super intelligence where it's completely aware and has sense, uh, it's, it's sentient and it can, you know, have feelings or emotions or anything like that. We're just talking about something that can complete, can complete work better than a human. That's the level we're talking about. It's like it can go off on its own, it can do its own thing and, you know, it can run whatever it needs to do. And so uh, what we're seeing is this trend of people almost panicking saying, like, AGI will be here in seven months the reason why they're saying that is because they're looking at the curve and acceleration of uh, all these advancements and are saying, these are all the building blocks that we need to have uh, AGI. So we have some stuff like uh, agents where we have like Microsoft really kind of tackle that and like go into that area and develop these autonomous agents and kind of complete work. And then we have video with Sora. And then we have, um, you know, Possibly music and sound generation coming up, and we have like voices, uh, text recognition, and you know, uh, video and photo recognition. All these elements are like pieces of the pie. That once they're complete, we believe that we can have AGI. Whether that's a possible, like, uh, actual thing that's going to happen, we have no clue. But we're not going to know it's here until it's already here and already doing incredible things. Um, so this AGI in seven months, it's it's almost i apologize for the sound of the background um but it's it just reaffirms the reason for this podcast of like being like um it's important for you to be aware of this and understand that it could be seven months it could be two years it could be three years but we, we nobody really knows and by the time that it's here and it's available to people it's already like too late you have you have to understand that you need to adopt these things And start using them and learning them now. So that way, when it is here, you're ahead of the curve. And this isn't to say that humans are going to be replaced across everything. We're still a long ways away from that, in my opinion. Um, But we are going to need facilitators, operators, and people that can translate experience to AI. And that isn't going to go away anytime soon.
1: Yes. Well said. Well said. I mean, it's like... You know, I've said this before, and I feel like it's the—it's still a good analogy, but there's no analogy quite like AI, because like we said earlier, there's no other industry in the world that has ever accelerated this quickly. So we're living in just record-breaking times in a record-breaking industry. So if we think about that, it's hard to say, well, this is like the farmer. This is like the tractor where the farmer could jump in the tractor and just drive it. I think that analogy is almost too simple, although it is still true because you can jump in the driver's seat of the AI right now and optimize it. But what if AGI comes along and Gemini just gets better and better and ChatGPT gets better and better. Maybe it's AGI, maybe it's not. And we look at a world where AI is its best iterator and we no longer are the best iterators of an intelligence that is so much vastly greater than our own human brains what then and i think the world at that point changes quite a bit and looks very very different you know i heard jensen Huang. i highly recommend listening to him um, he represents nvidia i heard him speak at the world economic forum just a month ago this january and he said every single child and every single adult should think about two things the children should think about learning through programming and engineering and computing and every adult should think about upskilling what does that look like tune in to the next episode of future (laughs) tense (laughs) no so one of our goals is to actually get people Um, arizona is has its own workforce acceleration program here Um, i love being here because we get to be close to all this innovation where the state and asu is spearheading upskilling what does upskilling look like and so they're bringing in information technology leaders to actually lead this program and help people learn how should I upskill? What should I upskill into? Um, and so we're going to bring these people on the podcast in the days to come. That sets the stage for, I think right now, just the awareness of if you're in a company, if you are a consultant, if you are a service provider, if you are an agency owner, you should be asking yourself the question, how old do I embed AI into what I do? And if you're not asking that question, you will get left behind because it's not going to be AI replacing humans. This is a gradual change and the people that are going to win, because we always have winners through history. There's never just humanity loses the end. That's a picture painted by clickbait media. And every single big turn in history, there's been huge winners. There's been people, groups of people, leaders, industry leaders that have won. And so that's what I encourage you to think about doing is how do I adapt? How do I pick up this technology and make it something that's in my process that could five to 10 X my team's productivity? You know, I just got off a call with an agency owner this morning and that was our topic. How do we take content scale, put that into your process and basically throw up or throw into the trash every bit of the old process we used to have where, We would sit down, create an outline, send that to the client, get approval, go back to the writer, write it, send that back to the client. What if we just ditched all that and had AI run the whole process? And then we told the client, AI knows more than we ever will. And it can actually generate better stuff than a human can. So, you know, how to approach that. That's a big topic for us at Continent Scale. And we're working on, I'll say, subscribe to our YouTube channel too, because we're working on content. It's going to help agency owners and marketers even be able to speak to this with intelligence because it's a whole new approach to say, AI is better than my human team. And here's why. And clients, I will say, like what I see, clients will absolutely listen to you. CapTara did a study, a market study, and they found that 80% of marketers know that AI is better than them. So your clients likely already know AI is that good. It's up to you to be somebody that spearheads a process they can get behind. And so that's something we're big fans of teaching and sharing. So You're going to see more content on that topic. Anyway, the total rabbit trail, but an important <laughs> one to say upskilling and learning through computing is going to be vital, vital in the days to come to kind of safeguard yourself against being completely obliterated by AGI because there's nothing that can stack up to this level of intelligence. So we need to ask ourselves, how do we work with it?
0: Right. Even when AGI gets here, I don't think it's gonna be as impactful as we think it is at first. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's gonna be a new learning curve, a new, yep. um, like the, the first adopters will have the biggest advantage. They'll, they'll understand you know, the ins and outs of how it works. And they'll have, so much insight that it will kind of shape AGI going forward and you know it, that OpenAI's version of AGI isn't the only one we're going to see because as soon as they achieve it Google will be the next one yeah. you know they'll, they'll catch up and so we'll have these different AGI models I would say uh, kind of trying to like vie for the top spot which one's better but they're all still going to be generalized, which you'll still need to give it certain types of input for it to be a specialized um, AGI. So it needs to be able to understand these the perfect outputs. It's going to be interesting to see how that gets incorporated in all these businesses and niches, industries, everything across the board, um, and how that gets used. Because if it stays generalized as an AGI model, then uh, it's not going to be as useful as people as people are thinking it can, it can be, but like I said, if it if it niches down, it specializes in in doing certain tasks and it does them very very well, and it has the resources to achieve results and complete work. Then it's a it's a good model.
1: Mm. Well said. It's a great great point. Well, that's why you should tune in and continue to listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
1: More wisdom we're
0: like we're <laughs> <laughs> we are deep down the rabbit hole of ai <laughs> and it's uh it's a very enlightening and interesting fun place to be
1: yes it is and i love seeing where we're at today i mean it's i feel like it's a completely different landscape than last january which um you know i started found constant scale a little over a year ago and i just remember back then i feel like it was hard to even tell writers, you know, put down your pen, go pick up an AI writing technology and start there. It is hard to say that to writers. And now I kid you not 12 months later, the majority of writers, you know, I was on this call, I was on this morning, the agency, one of the agency writers was much older and those writers, you know, there's statistics done actually where I think over 70% of is it, let me pull this up where 70% of Gen Z they trust and use generative AI, and older generations are just less likely to use it. Uh, but not on the call I was on today. There was an older writer who's significantly older than the writer that actually works above them, who's much younger. And this older writer was open to using whatever AI technology the founder recommended as long as it saved them time. And that was probably the first call I've seen where a in that age category did not just flat out say no thank you i hate this trash i will never use it and so we're even seeing change in the older generation because they know this is so much further than just a trend this is like you know i remember when nfts came out web3 metaverse and eh, yeah (laughs) i didn't start a podcast let's just say that around the metaverse but here we are AI is just so much more than a trend. It's going to revolutionize everything. And it's really cool to see just a year later a large category of people that used to be completely resistant to even trying it out are now like, "Yep, just tell me which one to use, guide me, give me education, and I will absolutely use it." And it's interesting too because, you know, something last year I saw was a lot of disruption In job loss, and I will tell you, if you study that now, the job growth from the AI market is incredible. One statistic is by 2032, which is just a few years from now, the AI market is going to grow to $180 billion. That's crazy. That's leaps. So if you think about the income that can be made in generative AI and working in AI, you know, that's something Constant Hacker Live we're hosting here in Austin, Texas um, is going to be all about is how do you actually make money in this new age? How do you use these skills? And we have we have industry leaders there that are tapping into the power. Jeff Hunter is set to make 2 million this year and he's primarily selling AI services. So how can you get ahead and not just like, okay, let me adapt, but how can you like win really big? So if you want to learn that, you got to be at content actor live content forward slash event. Come join us, get your tickets. There are some tickets still left. So <laughs> join us. Yeah. If you can't make it live, you'll get the recordings just saying if you get the VIP pass. So be there, learn. And that's just my, you know, one of the biggest tips I would have is learn as much as you can. And by being here and listening to the show, we believe that that's one of the best steps you could take forward is to learn, from real people working in this, you know, we didn't just start this podcast to shoot the breeze. We started it after Jeff and I were looking for a show for about seven months, and I couldn't find one that really spoke to the nitty gritty and wasn't awfully boring and very, very technical. So we hope to be different in that regard. Something you can enjoy and listen to and learn from. But yeah, Content Hacker Live in March twelfth um, and thirteenth in Austin, Texas. ContentHacker.com forward slash event. Come join us. Anything else we should promote, Jeff?
0: <laughs> uh, Content Hacker Live. <laughs> Make sure that you're there. I will be there as well. Come say hi, or if you, you know, if you watch the recording, you know, send me an email, uh, drop a message, comment on the podcast, whatever you want to do. Be more than happy to talk to anybody that's a fan of the show or wants to learn more about AI.
1: Yes, yes, we're open books for sure. Well, I know we have like. Uh, if you guys could see the list that Jeff and I put together of topics to talk about. And this is why, like, you haven't seen a flurry of guests because we really want to kind of hand cultivate ourselves a lot of the AI news. And let me just tell you, there's been absolutely no shortage of AI news for us to cultivate. And so, like, this doc we have of background research is probably like, like 40 pages now, Jeff. And it's hard yeah. for me to like, okay. Let me go get a guest stop hold on because there's just so much to research and talk to you all about in AI news itself but that said, we're working on a list it's in progress and we will have guests so you can hear wisdom beyond just our own I think that's going to be important going forward for the show.
0: And this document that we have kind of got out of hand because we <laughs> we had it structured episode list. Julia did. Julia had it structured episode list. You know, she, she had it all nice and organized. And then I come in there and I start posting just tons of stuff in there, and it becomes incredibly disorganized because it's just like there is so much. I'm just like I don't even have time to organize all of this. There's just so much news coming out. Uh, it's so, good though.
1: It's just like a dump, you know. And then we can actually yeah. pick from that what's important.
0: Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we should be more consistent with these now, now that we've, we're both in Arizona. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more um, future tents. Hopefully, you see some, get pod, uh, some guests come on. Hopefully, we do some really cool and interesting live sessions other places with different people. I mean, there's tons of stuff that we can do with the podcast. So uh, make sure that you subscribe. Stay tuned. If you have anything you'd like to talk about, cover, feel free to leave a comment or Send us an email. Um, I'm Jeff at ContinentScale.ai and Julia. It's, maybe it's Julia at ContinentScale.ai. Feel exactly. free to message us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening, subscribing. If you haven't, this show is on every platform you can think of from Player FM to Pandora to Spotify to Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. So wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe. Um, Hit that button so you can catch the latest uh, because I kid you not like literally this is breaking news every single week and it's important. We don't just tell you we don't just regurgitate a headline. It's more like here's what you actually need to know and here's what's important and here's what's um, here are the points you need to be thinking about as you read this news. Um, So that's why like, you know, we lead with (laughs) the AI cheating girlfriends. If you're at the end of the show, catch the beginning because that's pretty wild because there's just not a lot of awareness. People can go in the app store and download apps and not even be aware of the potential risks of these things. Um, So those are things we'll continue to bring forward so that you're properly aware and equipped as you use this incredible new technology. So that said, I believe we can wrap Jeff. Is there any other parting words, parting thoughts we should share?
0: Yeah, AI all the way. Straight out of AI.
1: (laughs) Neither of us don't be afraid to use it. Jeff, your clothes have not uh, arrived.
0: (laughs) My clothes have not arrived. Don't even get me started about talking about that on the podcast. It is, it is sad. It's it's the sad state of events right now. But I'm I'm excited to be here. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, We have a lot of stuff coming up. Some really cool stuff at continent scale too. Um, Mm, I can't wait to share more with everybody once we're once we're ready to do so.
1: Yeah, we'll have to talk about that on the next episode, like this Thursday, which you'll probably be further along anyway, developing. We have some major breakthroughs in February to the technology at constant scale. So pretty exciting. Right. Cool. And with that, we can end it. (laughs) Let's do it. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Future Tense.
0: Bye, everybody.